Anyway, uh, for those on the podcast, I forgot to record the set-aside prayer. You've heard it before. Uh, we are now on the steps we took, steps six and seven, and um, we covered briefly the, uh, the first page, but there's so much in there that's important, I thought I'd review it. And this chapter by Joe McHugh, um, I think is really uh, the best thing I've read on six and seven, and then of course the book Drop the Rock, which we've covered, and we'll cover some of that when we're done with this. And that's recorded on the site. I think I did four podcasts and covered the book. I haven't done it for a while. And so I find that uh, the steps that really has helped me the most is six and seven, all the time, trying to practice God's character, not mine. And he has a really good way of, uh, it's this, he didn't actually write this. This was, he talked to these two authors uh, for, and they sat and listened to and recorded them, and then they, they were writers, so they put this together. So um, he says, everyone thinks change is based on what you're going to get, but change, or what you know, but change has a lot to do with what you're willing to get rid of, like a hot air balloon that goes up when you throw the sand out of it. A lot of people don't want to throw the sand out. They want to keep the sand and still go up. And we talked about drop the rock, getting rid of all of our old ideas, all those things that are dragging me down. And each day it could be something different. Uh, and what do I need to drop today? But this is uh, how we're gonna look at the steps because this is the tools that we use all the time in steps 10 and 11 at night. He says, and this is powerful, people thought this was really helpful. All the change that comes about through God working in our lives is by our consent and permission. And uh, the, like for, for me, uh, God will let me separate from him all I want. Unless I am willing to let go of something, nothing happens. And all growth that happens, happens through our will and our consent. We have to make the decision we have to become willing and ready, and we can see a building to a point of change. And, and I could see that from my fourth and fifth step and from my life at the time when I first did the steps. My life was a real mess. But it's different today. My day, can, I can be disturbed today if I'm, uh, if I'm back in self. And so I use this all the time, and I'll talk about that. It says steps six and seven are the pinnacle of the program, the high point. In the 12 cells, it's, it says, uh, this is the steps that separate the men from the boys or the women from the girls. I mean, this is the key. And it's the key to emotional sobriety. A lot of people are sober a long time, and that's great. We celebrate how long you haven't had a drink, but what we really want, at least what I want, is emotional sobriety. I want to be at peace with myself, God, and the world. And, uh, it says, now that we've, we're ready to start changing, cover the, I covered this the other day. So steps one, two, three, four, and five have put us in the position for steps six and seven. If you do four and five by the big book, which is how we go through it here, um, you'll see uh, the exact nature of your wrongs and how that led to my resentments, my fears, and my harms to others. And we, had a, we have a, a spiritual checklist. Somebody may have an extra that they can hand you. We have some new people today. I have some in my car. And uh, 
the left hand side is God's char is our character and our defects when we practice uh, when we're self-centered and then the right side is God's character God's love patient kind tolerant considerate compassion when I'm in myself I'm impatient intolerant judgmental fearful inconsiderate uh, it's not pretty and so Step six, he says, is about becoming willing to let go, at the bottom of the page. And he says, after all, we have worked for years with the things in our lives that cause us problems. We've made them a part of our lives. And Joe and Charlie and the Joe and Charlie tapes, they talk about how we practiced our character defects so well, we were good at them. And it comes automatically. It's the way I react to things. And I've trained, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to react out of judgment or inconsideration or fear or intolerance or inconsiderate. And we've worked at our character defects and built them into our personalities. And so my character defects has become my self-centered personality. And I talk about a lot that when I came in, my tree, I had a tree when I came in and it was planted in Michael's soil and the bark of the tree was all my character defects and the branches uh, we're all uh, uh, resentment, fear, and all the harms I've done others, and there was no fruit on the tree. And so what I learned in AA was that I have to plant my tree in God's soil. And when I do that, I can practice his character. And then the, the tree is full of love and patience and tolerance and beautiful things. And so that's what I realized I had to do. And today I have to do that moment to moment. But we don't know that until we've done steps one through five through the big book. We've made a decision in step three that we don't want to be in our soil anymore, but we don't know how to do that. And this is the step on how we change. So I don't have to stay in Michael's soil and have an ugly tree. It can be ugly at 10 in the morning, but at 10.30 I can replant it. And then things change. It says, but we, <coughs> it says, uh, step six, it says, at the top of the page, it says, after discussing them further with someone else, we should now be willing to let go of them. Now, when you do, after you've done your fourth or fifth step, you should be willing to res let go of your inconsideration, your judgment, your intolerance, your fear, your resentments. And step six in the big book says, we pray for willingness until it comes. And Today, I may have to pray for be willing to be rid of my judgment. And then if I go to the food store, it could be impatience. And then uh, uh, later in the night, at home, it could be uh, control or uh, so many issues. So uh, we have to watch for them all the time. But today, I know right away when I'm back in self, I, I don't feel good. I don't, I'm a little uneasy. He says, but we aren't ready to let go of some of these character defects or shortcomings. Shortcomings means we're short of God's character. So our character in self is short of God's character. How do we get a character short of God's character? How do we do that? We do it in our mind. We, we play God and we have a script for the world. And once we do that, God can't work in our lives. But once we let go, we move back into the world of the spirit, which is what we're trying to do, where God's the center of the world. 
then we don't have to practice my character. I can practice God's character. But I didn't have the power to do that till at least I saw that I needed to let go of them. So step six is getting the willingness to let go of them. And once we're willing, we ask God to remove them in step seven. And step six and seven are companion steps. They're done together. Now, I'd sat here in this meeting 20 years ago, and there was a guy sitting in the corner. He was kind of an AA expert. You know, he had a lot of time. And, and he, the topic was six and seven, and he read the two paragraphs. He says, so I say this prayer. It says, uh, I humbly ask you to remove all those defects of character which block my usefulness to you. And so he says, well, you know, if it's not, it, it came up today, so it must not have been blocking me from God. And that's when I realized that, you know, there's more to this. That's uh, alcoholic thinking. I can be resentful today or judgmental, and that's because God, it's not blocking me from God. But of course it is, you see. And so six and seven in the big book are, are, are essentially uh, to be done all the time. It was understood when they wrote the book that people were going to, uh, they had this little card they carried with their character defects on one side and their, the character of God on the other. So they would have you know, fear and they would have courage and they would have hate and love and they would make a check whenever they were on one side or the other. And then they would go over that. And they used to have these cards, Dr. Bob. And so they, they essentially understood that this was something they were going to do each day. Because it says at night we review our day. Where we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or self-seeking, or, or afraid. And then during the day it says on page 84 that we watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, right? And when these crop up, Hello, I'm getting back on my side, planted in the wrong soil. We ask God at once to remove it. So it was understood that the, 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 this is going to be done the rest of our lives. And then it says, uh, as we see them, we will become willing to let go of them and ask God to remove them. So how do I, how do I see them? Well, that's what you see in four and five. And then you start seeing it as you start living the... Uh, principles. You start seeing it each day. You see you're impatient or you're, you're intolerant of somebody or judging or you're upset or you're irritated. And, and you can see them now and you can see I don't want to be that way. I don't want that character. There's been a lot of discussion of these steps but they're simple. Basic tools to change. I mean if you want to change this is how you do it. They're based on one of the oldest laws of human nature. Whatever you practice you become good at First time I listened to Joe and Charlie, I don't know, 20-some years ago, uh, I couldn't be, I'm sitting there, they said, you, practice, you practiced your self-centered character your whole life. You're good at it. <laughs> You're not good at being loving and tolerant. Well, I could certainly agree with that. And the more we practice God's character, love and tolerance is our code, the more I call it LPTKCC, love, patience, tolerance, kindness, consider. The more I practice that, the I get better at it. And then I don't want to practice the opposite. And he says, whether it's baseball, piano, or typing, learn that skill because you work at it. You can't go to typing class, learn the theory of typing, and be a good typist. Once you take the ideas the instructor gives you and put them in your mind, then you have to practice those ideas to own them. After that, you own the ability to type.
And I wrote, uh, you can go out and sell it daily on the job because you own the skill, you own it through practice. And you, the more you practice, the better the result. And you know, when people are new in sobriety, I have to remember, you know, they're, they're new, they're not used to doing this. And, and, it and they call and they talk about things that are going on and, and uh, uh, it takes a while to realize, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to think that and stop. And that's why it's important to talk to somebody like you mentioned having a sponsor. It's very important, especially early on, if you want to practice the, the six and seven, you have somebody to talk to. So you can see, and I usually have people write down whenever they were disturbed during the day, you know, just write what happened. And then, of course, I've had a few people that were never disturbed. And so I said, well, I want your blood. Let's have a blood transfusion. Let's have an exchange, a big funny. Nobody's laughing. But uh, uh, we all get upset, but I get much less upset now, uh, very much less than I was when I came in. And when I came in, I was in constant fear and constant judgment. And I try to stay away from people who, uh, who make my ca character defects come out. I have some guys in AA, they want to get together to gossip, talk about other people in AA. I don't like to do that. It brings out all my, you know, all my negative character. I don't want to do that. I don't want to practice judgment of others. And so I try to stay away from that. But it's not just in AA in the church Bible study. I'm sure tomorrow, after we finish doing John and all this spiritual work, somebody will make a crack about the sermon was bad or this and that, and then they don't like the new organist writes to. And yeah, <laughs> so it's not just us. It says there's certainly the way we own our defects of character. We have accumulated them. We have drilled them into our personality. Now remember, I want a new personality because it says in the big book, that we need to have a psychic change to recover from alcoholism. And we need to have a personality sufficient to overcome our self-centeredness. And that's what says, and that's what the steps are designed to do. That's what Bill W. said in his story. Simple but not easy, a price has to be paid to destruction of self-centeredness. And this is how I destroy my self-centeredness by not practicing my self-centered character and trying to practice God's character. Our personalities are nothing but a pattern of mental habits we have accumulated in practice and made into a pattern. Each one of us is molded in an individual personality. Each one of us has unique fingerprints, uh, personality. Here's an example of how it used to work for me. I was always afraid if anybody came to the door of the office, it was always going to be bad, right? And, and then uh, I realized, well, I don't have to be afraid doesn't have to be bad. And that, that's the way uh, I've changed. It could be good. Um, so you have, to, you have to practice this and see it differently. Um, he says, now that we've examined these things in step four, now that we can see the patterns, we can see they're unproductive. And we should be willing to change them because they're not bringing any returns to our lives. In fact, they're bringing trouble. Now, it says in the big book, it was true for me, the troubles are of my own making, right? They arise out of ourselves, and I'm an extreme example of self-overrun riot. And so if the problems arise out of me, that's good news, because this is how I change, so that I go from self-centered to God-centered. 
if it's them, I can't change them. See, and they weren't the problem, I was the problem. He says, we're actually gonna do the same process in changing that we used in developing this personality. We're gonna practice something different. Sounds so easy, isn't it? They should, they, we've looked at the things that are objectionable to us, that's the key word. They should be objectionable to us and they have no value. And I hope, you know, after you've done your fourth step, you realize that fear is of no value, resentment's of no value, and the self-centeredness in my relationships caused me to harm people, no value. And the exact nature of my wrongs was my personality, my character defects. It's the power of these steps that makes our defects, our unproductive attitudes objectionable. And, and when I came in, I didn't realize even that my resentments were wrong. Anybody else do that? I mean, they were all justified. Uh, now I realize that I was wrong about it, and even the people I resented, I need to make amends to them. And so, uh, uh, and now I, I, I want to be wrong. I don't want to be right. I want to be wrong because I can change. Once we see them objectionable, we become ready to let go of them, and that's step six. Step six, seven then comes into play. If we want to change, we begin to practice something different to take the place of our defects and unproductive attitudes. And remember, the spiritual axiom in step 10 in the 12 and 12 is that whenever I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. And what's wrong with me is I'm seeing things through self-centered glasses and, and my character defects are coming into play. And I don't have to be disturbed if I'm seeing them through God's glasses. A situation doesn't have to become a problem. It can just be a situation, then I use the serenity prayer, go to God, say, what do I have to accept, what do I have to change? And so I don't have to be disturbed anymore. I, have, I can have peace. Isn't that something? That's what I wanted to get from booze. I just wanted some peace, and now, I can get peace just through working these steps in my relationship with God. We change our personalities by what we practice. It says if you want to change, you can't give in to the same old ideas, produce it by the same old thought patterns and the same old mind of the same old personality. Our selfish design is self-seeking character. And how do you know when you're doing that? You don't feel good. You're irritable. You're restless, you're discontented, and then it can be full-blown, you know, just really upset about something. Remember, the character is there because we have practiced at it. Remember uh, when uh, Sandy Beach, his famous talk, he said, when we come in, we're just covered with mud. We're a beautiful statue of David, but covered with mud. And then what we do in the steps is we peel the mud away, and then we see the statue of David. When they asked Michelangelo how, uh, how, he, how he sculptured that, and I've seen it in uh, Florence, it's like 25 feet high. How did he do that? He had a huge piece of marble. And he says, I just chipped away all that wasn't David. And so we have God's character, but I blocked it out. And so all I have to do is unblock it and God's character will come and work through me. It sounds easy to do, but it takes a lot of practice. And you, can, you do it the rest of your life. Some days you do better than others. But we can remove any objectionable idea 
from our minds by overriding it with better ideas. And I wrote, God really is the center of this. I have to go to God and ask him to change the way I'm seeing things. And he says that when an old idea comes up, we can recognize it right away. And um, we see ourselves in the old familiar thought pattern. We say to ourselves, this is not productive. I don't want to think like this. I know the outcome of this from here before, before because I saw it in the inventory process. Like, for instance, resentment. There's no value to being angry. None at all. None at all. I say the four prayers. You know, we have the prayers on page 66 and 67 to be free of, fear, of anger. And then I forgive and I move on. The defect that produces all my resentments is I'm inconsiderate that the other person's just who they are. And I have to recognize they're doing the best they can. That's the way they are. I don't have to get angry about it. It doesn't mean that you have to excuse people's bad behavior, but you don't have to get ups angry about it. There's a difference. And you can't be helpful to people if you're angry. It says the big book, we want to be helpful. How can we be helpful? It says we can't be kind and helpful to everybody, right? But at least we want to ask God for kind and tolerant view of everyone. And he says, uh, that's very hard to do in the beginning, but if we don't lend our thoughts to these old, unprotective ideas, they'll die in our minds. The big book says the old ideas will be cast aside and a new set of motives will begin to dominate our mind. Remember, we don't want to have self-centered motives anymore. We want to be God-centered. What does it say we do when we wake up in the morning? It says we, uh, we make plans for the day, right? Makes sense. Uh, they say, it says immediately, stop. Before you do that, ask God to direct your thinking, divorcing it from selfish design and self-seeking motives. I want my motives to be God-centered. I want my thinking to be God-centered. I want him to direct me. And so, and then you, sometimes you have to do that all day long. Anybody else? The longer you do it, you keep it simple. I say, God, you know, I just, I'm just seeing this wrong. I want to let go of it. I'll say the prayer for fear, the prayer for anger, and I just let it go. It's not worth it. It says, uh, as the old ideas die, we can replace it with new ideas. So we're really dropping our rock, our old ideas, all day long for the rest mm -hmm. of our lives. There's not a day when we won't need to do this, any of us. Because it says in the big book, we've entered the world of the spirit, right? But we want to grow in understanding and effectiveness in this world, the world where God's the center. And it says, I watch with God for selfish desires, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, not if it happens. It's going to crop up if you're an alcoholic. It says, yes, it's God to remove them. It's that simple. How long does that take? I'm angry here. God, just take it away. The problem is uh, alcoholics like to be disturbed for some reason, and so they won't let go right away. I've worked with people. I say, you need to, let's look at this right I, No, I don't want to. They're wrong. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to forgive, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, let me know how that works for you. And so uh, we have to be willing to let go of all of our old ideas or the results what? Nil. None. And I want a relationship with God. That means I want God to work in my life. Why? Because God has the power to give me the choice not to drink, right? God has the power to manage my life. And so I have to be willing to give him the power. 
And if I'm not, then the result is I'm living in my world. And, ugh. and the New Testament, it says, if you want to change, you don't do what you want to do. If you don't do what you want to do, you can slay the old idea within in action. And uh, in Romans, in chapter 7, Paul says, I could not stop doing what I didn't want to do. He understood that. He said, who can deliver me from this? And he talked about his relationship with Christ. And if you don't believe in that, that's fine, but it's your relationship with God. Only God can really change me. But I have to stop practicing my character defects. There was a brilliant thing I read in Drop the Rock. The guy said he realized that if he continues to practice his character defects, God can't remove them. Sounds pretty simple, but it made a lot of sense to me. And he's, in the New Testament, it says, Paul says that successful living means daily dying, and I wrote to self. It means dying in certain areas of our lives so that we can, well, only we can slay ourselves. Successful living is daily dying. And I have, to, I have to die to myself and live to God all day long. The real problem is that most people cling to what they are. And I see that a lot, even if they don't like it. It's painful, but at least they're familiar with it. And you see, and why don't people want to work the steps? Why don't they want to read the book? Why don't they want to do the action? Because um, they have their old ideas on what their plan is for re recovery. My plans ran out. Anybody else? The only thing that worked was when I did this. So I'm going to keep doing this. And Six and seven is essential. It's how we work the steps. Um, and I wrote, why, why don't some people give it up? They can't see the truth. They're living on a lie. They can't see their resentments, their fears, their harms in relationships. They can't see their character defects. And the other thing is they can't see their brokenness. They can't see their sinfulness and that they, they, need, they need a different way to live. And, and it, it, the working the steps requires humility. We have to be humble, and we have to be broken. And that was the first step for me. I was completely broken, completely broken. And I want to I remember how bad it was, and I want to stay broken today. I want God to run my life, not me. Why would I want somebody who is broken running my life? I want God. And God won't work until I have the humility seek him all the time. And that's what 6 and 7 is. Are we seeking God right now? He writes, I like to ask people, how do you get a new car? What's the very, very first thing you do to get a new car? Well, most people will say they start looking in the newspaper, going to the dealership, those kind of things, but that's not right. The first thing you have to do is give up the old car. It sounds so silly, but it's true. As long as you think, I can't put new tires on or whatever, you'll still have the old one. Somewhere along the line, you'll say, I'm through with this. Then you're on the road to the new car. And that's what you have to be done. That's why I think the first step carries through in all the other steps. We have to be completely, realize we're completely powerless to run my life, completely powerless over alcohol, and carry that through to become willing to do whatever uh, it takes to live a different way. And if we stop doing the things we want to do, we force ourselves to things we don't want to do. One of the, uh, the gifts of sobriety for me has been I'll be in a situation and something will happen. And I realize, well, I don't want to react that way. I'm going to react differently. 
and it says God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. And I see I react differently. I say, well, how'd that happen? It's just God. And so uh, instead of, uh, sometimes what happens now, it's been very good at home, is I keep my mouth shut. Like she'll do something or say something. And Dick's in the same situation. He's, we've been married a long time and our wives have serious issues. Uh, now I'm being funny. Uh, and, I, and I say, no, I don't want to say that. And I, I was never able to do that. But working the steps, I said, well, just keep your mouth shut, Michael. You don't have to say anything. And, and it's surprising how much better that goes. But I didn't know how to do that when I came in. So, and he's, I'll just finish with this paragraph. I've babbled long enough tonight. We have new people here. They're never going to come back. It says, as we force ourselves to do these things, we get the benefits of these new thought patterns. This brings us different returns. Now, why we come here? Because the, the results of what we were doing didn't work, right? We couldn't stop drinking. Our lives were completely unmanageable. And when I start seeing the different returns, then I, then I want to do more of it. Does that make sense? We've learned that our lives are like a business. We have a certain stock and trade. And that's in the big book. It says we're going to look at our stock and trade. We're going to look into shelves and see what in the business is unsaleable goods that we want to get rid of. So what we do in step four and five is we're looking, we're target, and we're looking at all the stuff we want to put on the store in Christmas. And we, want, and we don't want to buy more of the stuff that didn't sell. If there's stuff still on the shelves now that we didn't sell on Christmas, we don't want that anymore. And we have to get rid of it. We have to do the same thing looking at our personality. If we're trading in better ideas, they're going to bring better returns to our business of living. As they bring in better returns, so we'll buy into these ideas even more and make them part of our personalities. We'll look at the new ideas and say, these are valuable, I like these. And I wrote, feel better, act better, live better. So I'm going to stop right there. I hope this was helpful. And uh, we'll open it up.